0: It's Gardening Talk back on a Monday afternoon. Greg Richard here, joined by Scott Sharp. Scott, great to see you back once again.
1: Great to see you. Did you uh, dry out your socks after the weekend?
0: Yes, I did. First thing this morning. Very we were out,
1: wet. Yeah, it was. We were out like your little kid again, jumping around in puddles, splashing around.
0: I was mucking about a little bit, yes. Oh, you're just a big kid, aren't you? I, I, I couldn't help myself.
1: <laughs> <laughs> What's got for us today, Scott? Well, I thought we'd make it, because we've had that rain, I thought we might make it sort of the all-mosquito special. Right. Yes, about some plants that you can use, plant around your garden, get in nice and early before they start to hatch out. I've noticed a few around my place as well. been doing a lot of this lately. They're annoying little things, aren't they? In the middle of the night when they come in. So I thought we'd talk about that, some ways to get rid of mosquitoes, a couple of interesting facts about the little mossy, and some other indoor plants as well. Got Darren
0: from Pelican. Now, he thinks something's eating his tomato plants at night. Hey, Darren, how
1: can we help you with it?
2: Yeah, g'day, Scott. Mate, I'm... This happened last summer as well. I go out of a morning and a lot of the foliage off my tomato plants has disappeared back to the stem. Now, I've been under it. I can't find any caterpillars or grubs or anything around the place. Can you get any light on what's going on there? Or? Uh,
1: look, the only other thing, that that is always a difficult one to get. Uh, look, I always suggest possums. Uh, you know, I guess if we're in America, we could probably say raccoons, but possums are our, uh, you know, our local yes. our local pest, and they'll, they'll come in and, uh, you know, they'll eat uh, tomato leaves and stuff like that away. Look, you, the little green caterpillars that you do get on the tomatoes are very, very hard to see. Uh, they hide away very, very um, well. Uh, the only thing I can really suggest for you is to use a deris dust or a tomato dust of some sort, and uh, just make sure you give it a good old dusting, and that should protect it and kill any caterpillars that are on there. Uh, look. Apart from that, uh, the only other thing you can do is just try and uh, you know net them. But uh, you know if they're possums that are coming in, you know they'll do quite a lot of damage very quickly.
2: Yeah, I do. I know I have possums in the area. I've seen the, the traces on the fence where they yeah. leave behind as they walk along
1: it. Yeah. Yeah. Look, unfortunately, the other, and people don't like to hear it, but you know you can You know there can be rats and rodents around the area as well that'll come in and feed on that sort of stuff, and they'll again do a lot of damage very quickly.
2: Is there any spray or, or deterring to get for possums?
1: Yeah, look, there, there is a, a, an old one, and it's been around for some time, and, and I, it does work very well. It's actually called Deter, D hyphen T-E-R. They like to keep it nice and simple. And it it works very well. But, look, with all things, you just have to be as persistent as possible. You know, if it rains, you have to go out and reuse it and apply it every couple of weeks if it's not raining. And, look, the the other thing that uh, people suggest is mixing up a garlic and chilli spray. Uh, You know, mix it up in the blender with some water. And, yep. uh, you know, start spraying that around as well. Uh, you know, if, you, if you're mixing it up with the right consistency, it's not going to burn the plant or anything. Or otherwise, yep. go and get that detour and give it a try. Okay, mate. Thanks for your help. Okay, good on you. See you,
0: mate. Okay, Bye. thanks, Darren. Cheers. Cheers, thanks, Darren. It's Gardening Talk back on 2 and You've got a question for Scott Sharp, 49216216. Now, Scott, kicking it all off, what is it, Mosquito Day
1: or...? No, I just thought we'd make it, you know, like World Mosquito Day.
0: Or just, how about Newcastle and the Hunters Mosquito mm-hmm. Day? Yeah, okay. Just well, uh, What about
1: just Carrington's Mosquito <laughs> Day then? <laughs> well, they are starting to come out now. Yeah, and I, I was thinking about after the rain how, you know, I've even had them before, you know, in this last few weeks, and I wonder where they've come from because we haven't yep. really had much rain, a little bit perhaps, and unfortunately the little buggers will breed pretty much anywhere where there's a you know, drop of water. Or a little bit of moisture. Yeah, so even if there's some water sitting up in a gutter, uh, you know, a, a tray, uh, a saucer underneath the pot, they'll certainly go in there. Bird baths, they like those. Anything that's nice and still and, and protected, that's where a mosquito is going to breed. So, if you want to try and, you know, get rid of them out of the garden, a first port of call is to try and get rid of any of those sort of areas of stagnant water. Old tyres, yeah. you know, if you, I don't know why well, you'd have an old tyre around your place, but some people might. And, you might know. Be- Plenty of potatoes? They could, yeah, something like yeah, Yeah, Any Anywhere where it's just going to pool. Uh, it doesn't have to be a great deal of water for mosquito larvae to uh, to hatch out, because uh, they breed very, very quickly. Yep. And then all of a sudden, they're all around the place. I know I've uh, started to have some uh, in the bedroom at night. That's never good at night. No, it's not, is it? What's your method for getting rid of them at night? I just snatch blindly at them, and hope, hopefully I catch them. Like Luke Skywalker in uh, Star Wars when he was fighting the little thing. A little bit, yeah. Yes, yes. A yes, bit yeah. like that. Or... I might actually accidentally hit my hand on the bench or something on the side. Right. So in the frustration. So you take the pain out on that. So I I've, I've got a method for getting rid of mosquitoes at night. I wait for them to be as loud as possible in my ear and then I give myself a really good hard <laughs> hit on the side of the head where my ear is and that seems to get rid of it or I can't hear the mosquito after that anyway. We have
0: no problems after that. So it's... No, no. Either I've
1: killed it or I'm just deaf, deaf in that ear until or you I go wake to sleep. up
0: tomorrow morning with bites all over you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And we've got Deb from Charmhaven. She's got a couple of questions. First
1: up hydrangeas. Hey Deb, how can we help you?
3: Hello Scott, uh, we're just needing your help with your expert advice please on hydrangeas. Bought a couple of um, plants the other day and we repotted them yesterday but all the flowers that were on them when I first bought them, they've all died. Is this the time for them to die off and, and um, prune them or...?
1: No, so they're hydrangeas you're talking about, are they? Yes, yeah. Yeah, so look, hydrangeas are just coming out into flower now. There are some in the shops already out in flower. Yes. Often they don't come on, you know, maybe. It really is about this time. Now, a couple of weeks' time, usually by Christmas, they're all finished up, unfortunately. Okay. Uh, so, And you repotted it. So you just bought it and then stuck it into a, into a bigger pot, did you?
3: Yeah, that's all we wanted to do and eventually want to put them into, when they do take on, we want to put them into the ground. But yeah. we thought we'll just get them into big pots out on the front porch. Okay. But I might, not, I might have left them too long in the small pots where I bought them from the department store and um, oh, maybe the rain or the wind got them and I don't know what I've done
1: wrong. No, look, if flowers die off like that, usually it's because they've dried out for some reason or when you were transplanting them, did you uh, disturb the root system at all?
3: We only did it yesterday, but so the flowers had already gone all brown and dead um, before, yeah.
1: Okay. yeah. So look, the, the, are they a lost cause? <laughs> yeah, look, the, the plant's not a lost cause. The flowers probably are, unfortunately, yep. so sort of kiss them goodbye. Okay. Uh, you might as well prune those off now. I because, have. Yeah. I did
3: a real big prune yesterday, yeah. yeah.
1: Look, I, I guess that's also a danger of, uh, you know, when you're buying a plant from, you know, the inside, like in a department yeah. store like that. You know, they've sort of they've become accustomed to living in the air conditioning. Uh, they haven't had any sunlight and all of a sudden, you, you know, you stick them out into the outdoors where there's sunlight, there's wind again, and, yeah. and they can dry out very easily. The other thing, unfortunately, you like, no names, no pack drill. I'm not pointing fingers at any, you know, particular store or anything, but they yeah. don't really look after them like an independent oh. garden center, right. like would as far as watering and stuff like that. So, I think if you are going to, you know, buy a plant from that sort of establishment, you just have to make sure that you, as soon as you get it home, you start looking after it, water it really well, okay. and uh, you know, just put it into a sort of a tender environment as well, where it's not going to be uh, necessarily exposed to the sun or the wind. But look, right. don't, don't don't fear, your plant uh, will still come back to life. It's unfortunately okay. the uh, the the flowers are probably gone for you though.
3: Yeah. All right. And um, should I? We just put them in potting mix into a bigger pot. Like, is potting mix enough, or should we give it some food?
1: Or no, no. Look, absolutely, new potting mix is going to feed that plant for you know six to nine months. So there's no issue there. Just okay. make sure it's being really well watered, especially it's got a bit warm out there again today. So right. you know, hydrangeas are um, you know very sort of vascular plants, so they really do need a lot of water going through them at this time of year. Okay, and out of wind is that the rule with them, or? Yeah, look, uh, I mean hydrangeas, and usually I talk about them uh, later on in November. They are a very, very versatile plant. Uh, They will grow out in the full sun, but they have to become acclimatized to that. Uh, I've seen them up around uh, Bar Beach, you know, up near the beach, for instance, where they're getting the full southerly wind uh, out in the full sun, and they've acclimatized to that, and they're doing very well. Uh, look, the general rule of thumb with hydrangeas is try and keep them out of the afternoon sun and uh, try and keep them in more of a, a sheltered position, and I think you'll okay. get a much better show out of them.
3: Perfect. Thank you. We'll try that, and hopefully <laughs> this time next year we'll um, we'll have the flowering. And also, you know, with the Christmas bush, um, yeah. my grandparents that have passed away, we're trying to we, we cut some roots off from their big uh, Christmas bush, um, Um, I'm wondering, we replanted those yesterday also, do you think that might take, we put them into a pot, hopefully, we're hoping something might come of it, is it possible or should I just go and buy a brand new bush?
1: Yeah, now you said you cut the roots off, but what do you mean by that?
3: Well, we got we were going to dig the whole plant out, but then we realised it was too much. <laughs> and we, I said, look, let's just dig out some roots and see if we if that might you know come from that. Will anything grow of a, of a
2: couple of roots? Or? Oh,
1: look, look, probably not. Uh, look, don't, don't despair though. You know, give it a couple of weeks and see what happens. Yeah. But it'd be very unusual for something just to spring up like that from from the roots. Uh, look, okay. I, what, what sort of Christmas bush were you after? Was that a New South Wales Christmas bush with the red flowers on it?
3: Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah, look,
1: I don't think you're going to get a result from that then. Uh, uh, they're notoriously touchy. They're a native. Uh, they like really, really sandy conditions. That's why you see them so oh. you know, pre- prevalent up around uh, Nelson's Bay and uh, up around that area, around Port it, Stephens. Oh, gee. Yeah. So if you are going to try and plant one, make sure that it's a you know, really well-drained and sandy spot and uh, don't use any manures or anything on, like, on it. Just use it, uh, just fertilise it with uh, native-friendly fertilisers.
3: What can you suggest with that? What's
1: what's native friendly? Yeah, so uh, blood and bones, no, very native friendly. It's a nice soft fertilizer to use. Uh, right, anything today too. So okay, so and look, you can go and find other fertilisers. Always just turn them over and check on the back, and there should be a native rate uh, to use on the uh, on the particular plant. So just make sure you read the instructions. If it doesn't mention native uh, plants on the instructions of any fertiliser you pick up, uh, move away from it and go and try and find something else.
3: Wonderful. You've been great. Thank you so much. Okay.
1: You have a nice afternoon, Deb. Thank you. Bye-bye, okay, Scott. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Thanks, Dee. We've got Robert now from Akari
2: talking about
0: potted roses. Hey, Robert, how can we help you?
2: Oh, Good afternoon, Scott. Look, I've got two roses in pots. I've had them for a few years. Towards the end of the flowering season last year, both of them developed white leaves with a green on the out, on the edge of it. And that stayed with them all, all last year. I pruned them. This year, I've had a lovely show of flowers on both of them, but the gradually the white leaves are coming back. Is that a lack of something in the soil or a virus disease?
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be a virus that you've got there. Uh, that's a, oh. a, Yeah, so unfortunately, the only thing you can do with that is to try and prune it out as much as possible and then discard that, uh, you know, wrap it up in a plastic bag and stick it in the garbage, make sure it's nicely sealed. Uh, so, right. look, unfortunately, once you get those viruses come through, that's about the only solution there is. There's no, uh, you know, medicine or anything that you can give the plant. It's right. not like you can go to the doctor and, uh, you know, get something yeah. for an antiviral medication for it, yeah. unfortunately. Uh, but so...
2: I they start off, I've like a beautiful flush of flowers, beautiful but I just noticed they're starting to uh, get that white in them
1: again. Yeah, so look, I prune it yeah. off. Um, make sure the plant's really oh. well fertilised and watered. You know, having a yeah. healthy plant you know, might help the plant uh, fight yeah. it off. So just do yeah. your best with that.
2: Okay. Right, just another quick question. Bogues and billiards, once they flower, they flower again, don't
1: they? They certainly do. They are looking absolutely spectacular at the moment. I was driving around this morning and, uh, you know, apart from the jacarandas, the things that are out in flower at the moment are the bogues. I saw a really nice purple one, a red one, and then one of the orange ones as well. And they're just like a a wave of uh, sort of colour coming down the side of the uh, the buildings that I saw them on. Uh, so, you look, yes, they will. Uh, they have this main flush at the moment, and then yep. uh, you'll have spot flowering right throughout the rest of the season.
2: Oh, good on you. Right, I appreciate that very much, Scott. Thank you. Don't worry.
1: You have a nice afternoon, Robert.
2: <laughs> For sure. Bye. Thanks. Bye-bye.
0: It's one of your favourites, isn't it, the jacaranda? No, it's not. Ah. Oh. <laughs>
1: I think you set me up then. (laughs) Yes, I did. (laughs) It's not. uh, Bougainvilleas, they can also be a problematic plant as well because they're so thorny and uh, strong. So be careful where you're putting them as well because if uh, you sort of let them grow around a railing or through some lattice or something like that, uh, they just become old and woody over time and very, very spiky. Okay. And they'll just tear things apart. So a uh, bougainvillea is a really good plant to try and keep under control as well. Wear some gloves too, perhaps. Absolutely. Stand about six foot back uh, with a nice long chainsaw blade and go for it. That's my uh, answer to a bougainvillea. <laughs> <laughs> and we've got Ron from Singleton. Now, Scott, he needs information
0: on indoor plants that produce oxygen. Ah, fantastic. Yeah. How can we help you, Ron?
2: Good night, Scott.
1: So How are you? Yeah, good, good, mate. So what, you're, uh, you're building a submarine or a spaceship and you need to purify the oxygen? What's going, what's going on up there?
4: <laughs> mate, we need a hemisphere, I think, to keep us out of the dust.
1: <laughs> Look, uh, the, the, the anyway,
4: gr- I, I, I didn't mean, really mean to say that, Scott. No, that's but all right. Anyway, my wife and I have been living in the Hunter Valley for nearly yeah. uh, 70 years, I suppose. Yeah, 70 yeah. odd years. And uh, anyway, now I've got a sooner.
1: Oh, dear, dear.
4: Yeah. So what I'm what I'm looking to do is get a bit of information on indoor oxygen-producing plants.
1: Yeah. Look, and, and there are quite a few of them that you can use. Uh, strangely enough, one of the first ones that come to mind for me is I remember a couple of uh, probably a couple of months back now. I was for some reason I was on the internet and I read an article from uh, from NASA about you know some of the plants that, that oh, they've man. actually been looking at for uh, space travel. They said that. Marigolds. I couldn't believe it that they said marigolds are something you can use. Marigold. Yeah, because apparently they they take the ammonia and all these other things out of uh, out of the air. Now, of course, they're not going to live inside forever. Um, so you 'd sort of use them for a while, and then you can put them out in the, in the garden and they 're quite cheap to buy them and You can buy seed, you know seeds and plant seeds of them as well. They have also a sort of a nice smell as well, but as yeah. far as other sort of indoor plants uh, you know there 's ones that you really just want to try uh, you know, so that, that you have longevity with them so that they you know, remain alive for you so peace lilies yeah peace lilies are really good uh, they 've got the big leaves, so they 're turning over yeah. a, you know, a lot of carbon dioxide. Uh, the other thing you could use are uh, uh, Dracaenas. they 'll do really well inside, and tell you aboutnas yeah, yeah, and the other plant, if you 've got a really nice well lit spot are uh, you know fiddle leaf figs they 've got a very big leaf and they 'll turn over quite a lot of oxygen as well through them so that there 's a few plants that you could think about, of course there 's also um, you know Boston ferns if you 've got some hanging space. And, uh, you know, you could use uh, snake plant, mother-in-law's tongue as well, if you wanted to. Oh, that sounds good,
4: Scott. Yeah. Because the side of our house faces north. Yes. So we can get a bit of sunlight
1: in that side. Okay. So, look, that might be a great spot for a fiddle leaf fig for you. So, look, I'll just go, I'll recap over those again. There was the marigolds, but you obviously have to put them outside as well. And apparently they're numero uno with NASA as far as getting rid of uh, bad stuff in the air. Uh, you can use mm-hmm. peace lilies, uh, you can use uh we talked about the fiddle leaf figs, and finally, Boston ferns or uh, mother-in-law's tongue. There's also devil's ivy as well, which is a fantastic <laughs> thing if you've got a uh, some more hanging space. Devil's ivy, uh, very tough plant inside, and of course, yeah, lots, of, lots of foliage and they'll turn over the oxygen. Well,
4: that sounds good. Anything
1: that will help, good. Yeah, yeah, and that's going to be great for you, mate. Yeah, thanks, Scott. Okay. Look, you have a good all afternoon.
4: The,
1: all the best. Okay, and you too, Ron. Bye. Cheers, bye Bye, mate. Bye.
0: Cheers, Ron. It's gardening Talk back on two and URFM. You You've got a question for Scott Sharp. You can give us a call on four nine two one six two one six. We've got Barbara from Nelson Bay, and she's got a question about
1: passion fruit. Ah, excellent, uh, Barbara. How can we help you?
5: Oh, it's got a passion fruit vine that's loaded with passion fruit. Good stuff. But they're still green.
1: Okay, that's only time will tell for you now, Barbara. Um, Now, we're getting into the warmer months. It's great that they're on there now and they're green. As as it starts to warm up and, you know, the sun's beating down on them, uh, they're just going to ripen up for you.
5: That's what I thought, but I've
1: been so impatient. And, look, I I don't know what you can... There's nothing else you can do. You could take a heat lamp or something. No, that's not going to work for you. No, I don't think so. Yeah, and, look, the weather's been changeable again. We've had some warm days, and like we had on the weekend. I was wearing a scarf yesterday. Yes, yes. I was wearing a scarf. I had a jacket on. I
5: know. It was very cold.
1: Oh dear me. And uh, we just heard on the news that it's it's snowing in Perisher again. I'm going to sk- strap on the skis and head back down. Yeah you should.
5: <laughs> <laughs> well thank you, got It's uh, this year like last year it didn't have much on it at all but this year it's just loaded mm-hmm. and um, um, I cut one open the other day and it was still green, like, you know, had all the little things inside.
1: Yeah, it'll still, still be green. But look, the great thing is that you've got them on the, on the vine now and yes. they're, they're ready for, as we go through summer to ripen up for you. Okay, thank you, Scott. Not a problem. You have a nice afternoon, Barbara. You
5: too, bye. Bye-bye.
1: It's Gardening Talk back on 2 family. Now,
0: Scott, you mentioned, again, it's, we're calling it Mosquito Day or something. We're calling or? it,
1: yeah, like Mosquito Day. Mozzie Day. Mozzie Day. That's a bit better. Mozzie Day. That's more catchier. It is, isn't it? Like the big mozzie and all that sort of stuff. Ex- yes. Yes, up at Hexham. Uh, what about some plants that get rid, or they don't actually get rid, because there's nothing out there that's going to totally get rid of mozzies, unfortunately. Sort of detours them. Detours d- them? <laughs> d- deters, <laughs> d- deters them. <laughs> d- deters d- deters them. <laughs> <laughs> it gives them a detour. They-, they, go- they go around your garden. I'll be off. You can take it from yeah. me. Okay, <laughs> that's all right. We'll, we'll get your tongue-tied a little bit later on. <laughs> so, look, a few plants uh, that uh, might you know, deter or detour <laughs> mosquitoes from the garden is Catnip. Catnip. Apparently, it's the highest in DEET. You know, the D-E-E-T that you see on the side of Aeregard or whatever you're going to buy? Yeah. Apparently, it's the highest in DEET. And it will work very well. It'll also make your cat nice and happy as well. Right. I might just surround my room at night with catnip. Get catnip, yes, and get a cat as well so that it's sort of just all loungy and relaxed. Nah, it's not getting too carried away. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what about, uh, like, uh, if you've got a bigger space, then you can get in uh, lemon eucalyptus. They do really, really well. They have that really beautiful scent, but they do get quite large. So you need a large garden to sort of keep them... Uh, you know, happy you'd, you'd yep. probably put them around the border if you had a larger property or you know, around the house, okay, yeah. um, a little bit away. But they're certainly going to help if you've got uh, a tighter area, you can use lemongrass. They've all got all these citrusy sort of mm. uh, you know, smells and names, I guess. And these are the thing, things that will keep the mossies how away. Does, how does catnip sound citrusy? Okay, I'm not going to go there. You just said detour, I know, i to get something back. <laughs> uh, so yeah, lemongrass is a fantastic thing to use, uh, lavender as well. Lavender? Yeah, so a really nice smelly lavender they reckon will keep mosquitoes slightly at bay.
0: So they're all nice-smelling plants too, yeah, by nice-smelling
1: plants, and we have got some more there to go
0: through yeah, a little bit later on. Righty, yeah, but we've got a question now, Ben, from Charlestown, and he wants to know about raspberry plants.
4: Hey, Ben, how can we help you? Hi, Scott. Um, I've got a couple of raspberry um, plants in a big pot and the foliage is absolutely magnificent, or yep. it was, up until about a week ago. Then something started to eat the leaves and it made it look like see-through lace. So what I did, I sprayed it with eco-oil. Yes. And now a lot of the leaves, and including some of the raspberries which are right at the top of the plant, Uh, They don't seem very happy at all. They're all curling over, and I think I've killed them.
1: Uh, Look, you won't have killed the the raspberry. It's a pretty tough old plant. Uh, I think your use of eco-oil might not have been the best. Uh, Eco-oil is fantastic for keeping scale and, uh, you know, mites and things away. It sounds right. like you've actually had a caterpillar of some sort uh, doing that to your raspberry. That's the, t- typically, if a caterpillar is, th- there's some caterpillars that'll have a chomp and there's some that will sort of do that and create that lacy look um, yeah, yeah. to the leaves. So I think the best bet for you would have been to get some sort of, uh, you know, uh, deris dust. It's not actually deris in there anymore, but that's what we still call it, uh, like a tomato dust and actually sprinkle that. Uh, over the plant, and that would have got rid of any caterpillars for you
4: Ah, well, I have got tomato dust, so would it be okay to sprinkle it with that now or not
1: yeah look that 's not going to hurt at all. Uh, always make sure whenever you 're using any of those dusts that if you are going to pick any fruit off there there usually is a withholding period uh, often not quoting but sometimes it you know could be about five days, so that means that you can 't eat the fruit uh, you know for a certain number of days, whatever it says on the instructions uh, all right. and, until oh. you know after you've, once you 've uh, applied that dust. You just have to be a little bit careful about that, but I think that's probably going to work pretty well for you. And you've got a raspberry in a pot, have you?
4: Yes, yeah. I I didn't want to put it in the ground anywhere because I didn't have the room, so Mm -hmm. I put it in a very large pot. Uh, It it did the same thing last season. I've got a lot of foliage and then whatever ate it, ate it and it stripped all the leaves. So I thought, oh, I've killed it. But anyway, I left it there. Then I got a couple more stalks this year and stuck them in the same pot and then... uh the foliage sprang up almost overnight. It looks fantastic until I sprayed it with eco-oil.
2: Yeah, the, the
1: other thing about eco-oil, uh, look, it, it can burn, uh, especially if temperatures go over a certain, you know, I think it's about 21 degrees. You have to be careful about using eco-oil. And as well, if the leaves have already been damaged by something and then you went and sprayed that oil over there, it probably would, you know, it would be a little bit detrimental to the plant.
4: Uh, that's what I've done... Well, I'll, after the recent rain, I'll dust it now because it should be clear of that and uh, and see if I can revive it.
1: Yeah, that's a good idea. And look, a tough plan. I, I reckon it's going to come back to life for you.
4: And will it be okay in the big pot?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Look, obviously raspberries want to run. So, you know, I guess if you keep it in a pot, you just have to keep it contained to a certain size.
4: Yeah, well, I have got some uh, poles for it to run up anyway, so it should be okay.
1: Yeah, so you just have to prune it back to this, you know, sort of the shape or smaller than you know those poles each year, just so that it's got somewhere to to keep on going to. Okay, all right, excellent. Well, thank you very much. Okay, good on you, Ben. Okay,
0: thank you. Bye bye. Bye. Well, we've got Rick now from the Central Coast, and he's got a few ideas on plants they can get rid of not just mozzies, but also flies. Hey, this could be good,
1: uh, because they're a pest as well. Hey, Rick, what have you got for us?
0: Um, I just want a, a
4: bit of advice, just on what I can grow on the veranda in pot plants, just to um, help get the flies and the mozzies down through summer instead of putting out the bug zapper and spraying that much aerogard that you can taste it for a week.
1: Yeah, mate. Uh, look, some of the plants that you can um, use, uh, we've been talking about already, so there's the lemongrass, uh, anything that's got a sort of citrusy smell. There's actually citronellas uh, that you can get. Uh, rosemary is a fantastic plant, as long as they're sun, but rosemary will certainly grow uh, in a pot on the veranda, and like, if you just want to you just sort of run your hand through it, and that sort of releases the smell. Uh, and another plant we, uh, we could talk about are marigolds as well. We're talking about marigolds purifying the air, but they've also got a lot of other qualities as well. One of them is getting rid of nematodes uh, if you've got tomatoes, but the other thing is that they apparently will keep mozzies and flies away as well. A bit of a super plant. It is. The old marigold is a bit of a super plant, isn't it? Unlike the jacaranda, which is a bit of a dud plant, <laughs> but we won't go there. I think I've said my piece on that now. Arch nemesis. Yeah, <laughs> my arch nemesis. And uh, look, just uh, uh, recapping, we also talked about catnip, yep. which Greg decided he was going to fill his room with tonight, and... Uh, <sighs> And uh, we also uh, spoke about lemongrass, and lemongrass will grow in a pot as well. So all of those sort of citrusy-smelling plants will definitely keep flies and mosquitoes away. So uh, uh, good luck with it, Rick. And we've got Lorette from Morpeth, and she's got a question about gardenias. Hey, Lorette, how can we help you?
5: Hi, Scott. Um, Look, we've got three gardenia plants, and they're right in full sun, and they're just about to bud, and there's a few of them that have got They've gone brown and it looks like something's eating the bud itself. I've sprayed a white oil on it on Friday and then, of course, it rained over the weekend. And I'm just wondering if there's something we're doing wrong, if we're feeding it wrong or
1: what's happening with them. No, no, look, if you've you've got it uh, budding up at the moment, it sounds like you're doing the right thing because gardenias are typically very uh, heavy feeders, so make sure you're feeding your gardenia really regularly uh, with liquid fertiliser and uh, something a bit more substantial about every three months. You can use liquid fertiliser on them uh, every two weeks if you want to, but as far as your buds go, they actually can get like a little bud worm that actually is, is burrowed in there, and if you were to cut some of those buds off and prise them apart, you'd actually find holes buried right through them and so what that's doing is because it's gone in there and done the damage then the bud won't open properly and will die. Uh, White oil unfortunately is not going to have uh, an effect on that particular insect although it is very good as a preventative uh, for scale because gardenias can get scale on them. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately as far as the... uh, uh, So what
5: would I use for the bug? What could I use to prevent that? next time.
1: Yeah, it is difficult and it's been laid there by a, a moth uh, of, of some variety, I'm not exactly sure what it looks like, little thing um, mm-hmm. but um, the thing to do is to try and have a preventative uh, you know, dusting or something on the plant to try and keep that uh, that moth away from there. Uh, look, I, you know, I don't really like to sort of advocate, you know, willy nilly spraying around like that because of you know the bees. Uh, mm. But even if you were willy nilly spraying around, you're not necessarily going to you know get that moth anyway. You're probably going to you know just harm more things in the mm-hmm. world than you're actually going to you know do by getting rid of that moth. So okay. I would suggest, uh, you know, maybe even some tomato dust. Uh, okay. Yeah, and just sprinkle that lightly around as the uh, you start to see the bud set on the gardenia. We've gone to tomato dust about three times today, and and it actually isn't a bad product just as a as a general preventative to be sprinkling around like that.
5: All right then. Okay, so. When will I do that, say, so next year? Yeah. Oh, I can't do it now, obviously.
1: Uh, no, you're probably, it's probably, you know, the horse has bolted on that one a, a little bit, unfortunately. Yes. It's like the colt from Old Regret. Uh, mm-hmm. So I would uh, you know, just wait till next year until you see that bud starting to come out. Okay,
5: and well, then uh, put the tomato dust on it then.
1: Yeah, just very lightly. And look, the other thing is you'll get a second and third flush of gardenia flowers uh, throughout this season. So right. if you're seeing more buds coming on at a certain time, you can go out there and give them a, a dust as well. But generally, oh. in Insects come around, you know, they're, they're seasonal, so they come around at a certain time, and obviously you've sort of caught them all in the wrong, uh, you know, that, mm-hmm. that wrong, uh, you know, period of time, mm-hmm. and, and they have actually got into the buds on your gardenias for you. Okay, then. Thank you
5: very much okay, for your help, not Scott. a problem. Thanks thank very much you. for that. Bye-bye. Bye. All right,
0: we've got Dave now from Bellbird, and he's got some other ideas about plants that can get rid of mozzies too, or Man. deter mozzies. It's fantastic. How
1: can we help you, Dave?
2: Yeah, g'day, mate. Um, yeah, we were living down at Dora
3: Creek and um, we planted a thing called geranium citrosa. Ah,
1: yes, yes.
3: Which was excellent. It's a beautiful little purple flower. You walk up and you just give it a shake and you yep. can smell the citronella-type um, odour coming off it. It's quite effective. Um, we then we had that growing down either side of the fence line near our back veranda. Um, you'd walk out there and you'd be fine, but if you walk close to the creek, um,
2: you'd get attacked but um they didn't seem to be hanging around the plant so i found them very effective
1: so a few few squadrons had come out and uh, have a go at you were they
4: Oh mate, amazing! Yes, yeah. uh, yes, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Look, at, and you, you're right. Uh, Geraniums—you have to get that special citronella geranium, though. Uh, the other ones yes. don't necessarily have the, the scent to them. But the other great thing about geraniums in general is that they're a really tough plant. They don't need a great deal of water, and they'll stand in the full sun. Just an absolute treat. So thanks for that tip, mate. That's excellent.
3: Yeah, no worries, mate.
1: Geranium citrosa. That's okay. Cool. Thank you for that. Appreciate it very much. Okay, mate. Bye yeah, now. Have a nice afternoon. It's always nice to get a tip every now and then from our callers. It is, isn't it? I didn't like the sound of the uh, the flying circus of uh, mozzies down there at Dora Creek. and I know some other places it can be a bit like that. New Lampton Heights. Okay. Yeah, with all the bushland up there, it can be a little bit dangerous up there as well. They swarm out at you. Not good. No Hexham, I reckon that wouldn't be too flash either. No, well, well Beresfield as well. You have got the swamp as well. Oh, so you got a few around your
0: place? That's hence why I'm getting a lot of those catnip plants Okay. okay. <laughs> and we've got Mavis now from Maryville, and she's got a bit of more information. There's two types of marigolds. Hey,
1: Mavis, can, how can you help us?
6: Oh no, um, Scott, um, I caught a bit of the conversation there where you're talking about um, marigolds being deterrents for mosquitoes. And it um, didn't actually say which type of marigold. I'm presuming it's the African marigold or the tagetes, as opposed to calendula officinalis, which is the medicinal uh, marigold. Yeah, you,
1: look, yeah, you are right. It is those bigger-flowered uh, marigolds that have that scent to them. Uh, look, and you can get the dwarf marigolds as well, but they're just a smaller plant, so you don't have the success. Uh, definitely, the bigger-growing ones are the uh, the way oh. to go. Yeah.
6: Yeah, my, but the purpose of my call is because I see a lot of confusion between when, like people who do use marigold, yes, medicinally, do um, when, and some texts even do mislabel things, and and I've got to that point in my life where I feel like I need to say to people, you really need to distinguish what you're talking about when you're talking about Mary Golds. Are you talking about tagets, or are you talking about calendulas?
1: Oh, right, so yes, yeah, that, yeah, So
6: that's the bee in my bonnet, you no, see. No, that's,
1: that's all right, that. and, and we like having bees yeah. in our bonnets. So No, it's great that you've called up to uh, set me... St- oh, look, I'm not, it doesn't sound like I'm as much of an expert about them as you are.
6: I've had a few years to... <laughs> all this in yeah no, no but yeah um the taggets or the the african marigolds the the large ones yep their great mum had them when we were kids they were part of our childhood um the mini taggets of course have come along and they border plants and whatever else yeah, yeah. Um, but, but calendulas are commonly called marigolds and people who don't look into it properly and they choose to use a tadgets instead of a marigold for you know, home herbal medicine, they're doing the wrong thing. So yeah, they really yeah. need to distinguish between which is the right one they're, yeah. they're working or referring to. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All
1: right, Thanks very then Scott. Much. Have a good day.
0: You too. Thanks, Mavis. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks, Mavis. Scott, I think I've got time for one more caller to wrap us all up today. Okay, let's go for it. And we've got Trevor from Charlestown. He's got
1: a question about cucumbers. Okay. How can we help you, Trevor?
2: Yeah, Scott. Um, mate, I've got a fair few vines in. Yes. And but I've got all this little um, black. It looks like little manure marks. You're Like very small, but there's hundreds of them on the leaves. Uh, I just don't know what it is. It's, would, would that be ants? But I've got a few ants
1: there. But yeah. So so you're you're concerned that there's something going, something sort of moving around and starting to eat the cucumbers, are you? Yeah?
2: Well, not eating them. There's just, just all these little black. Like
1: um, what, little pinhead droppings. Okay, uh, so I would, in that case, we'll go for the dust, I think, as well on this one because dusting's, you know, a good preventative to use. So uh, go and get some tomato dust and yeah, uh, yeah, just okay. sprinkle sprinkle that around the plant and that should protect it as well. Okay, all right,
2: well, all right, well thank you very much for that. That's all right, thank that's,
1: you. that's a nice, simple uh, fix for you.
2: Yeah, well, thank you very much. Okay, but not a problem.
1: You. Okay, you Thanks have a good afternoon, right. Trevor. Thank you. Yeah,
2: bye-bye. Bye. 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 It's nice and simple.
1: It was, yeah. We've gone to the dust four times today. It's uh, sometimes we don't mention it and then all of a sudden we've been it's, overrun by it. It's a dust haven. It's a dust bowl. It's a dust bowl. Now, Scott
0: Sharp, we've got a little bit of time left. Is there anything else you'd like to mention before well, you put Do you want to finish off on some
1: mosquito facts? Why not? Okay. Apparently they're the deadliest animal on earth. No. Yes, apparently they are. They they do. Look they, they if you think about it, you know, sharks kill, you know, a few people. But uh, in, uh, you know, countries, in third world countries with malaria and dengue fever and Ross River virus and yep. other things like that, unfortunately, uh, yeah, mosquitoes do kill quite a lot of people. Deadliest? Deadliest. All those little, those sort of viruses and things that they yeah. can carry around them, not good. That's, now I'm more scared about sleeping tonight. Well, well, this might be, you might like this, only the female mosquito bites humans and animals, so you all might right. make yourself a friend this evening. <laughs> <laughs> And as, far, and as far as them, uh, you know, growing, uh, flying around, you know, re- you think they're going around as quickly as possible. Well, they're not. They're actually quite slow. They only go about one to one and a half miles an hour through oh, the air. Yeah. yeah, so pretty much anything's going to overtake them. Well, I'm going to have to cut you off there, Scott. Okay. Well, we can finish off with this next
0: week. It's nice fun. Well, fun facts, and hopefully, I've learned the English language by next week. Dream about it tonight, the mosquitoes. <laughs>